Welcome to the Zenov podcast. You are listening to our business resilience series where we bring to you conversations with eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate through journeys of crisis resilience and growth. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Zinov podcast. I'm Nitika Goel, CMO of Zinov and your host for today. The current crisis has perhaps presented the world with one of the most colossal tests of leadership. It demands the ability to act and not just react. It demands the courage and fearlessness in every decision and a high degree of accountability. It demands empathy and compassion. Leaders have had to manage huge transformation and business changes while having to cope with their own personal crises and fear they have had to find their own balance while walking the tightrope on the other side of this pandemic this pandemic has most certainly redefined leadership as we know it to learn and understand a little bit more about what leadership means in a time of pandemic and what it means to be a crisis leader i have with me today v lakshmikant also known as vlk VLK is the managing director at Drawbridge India and has more than 3 decades of rich industry experience. VLK who have had the privilege of interacting with for a long while now is known for his unique brand of leadership and his unmatched ability to bring out the human side of a business. Thank you so much for being with us today VLK. Anitika thank you for uh, having me uh, truly a, a pleasure talking to uh, to you uh, and uh, to the Zinau team uh, as always you know I I, I personally find it uh, you know energizing talking to you also so thank you for having me uh, with you I'm so glad to have you here. So VLK since I learn from you almost on a daily basis when I hear you talk or in any interaction that we have I'm going to start with a little bit more personal question. I know you're very involved with people leadership redefining yourself. How did this pandemic change your leadership style and what did you need to course correct in your personal capacity from this point forward? Nitika yeah. um, it's a great question you know as you know um, none of us were you know expecting this this pandemic and that too of this magnitude right if you really think about it uh, this was essentially a healthcare crisis uh, which then become became an economic crisis so um, there's no playbook to it you know, uh, and you know lot of organizations uh, the more mature ones have typically playbooks for most situations so this one uh, there was no playbook and uh, personally uh, for me i think um, the biggest learning slash challenge uh, was the fact that i'm more a leader who does his his management by kind of walking around right and talking to people uh, so in a in a pandemic when you're locked at home uh, that is kind of cut off so in in many ways uh, the oxygen has been cut off for me in terms of uh, people interaction so so how do you still continue to engage uh, your your uh, colleagues uh, your associates uh, when you really don't have direct contact this is the biggest change in leadership style so uh, in order to do that i think uh, you need to spend a lot more time on communication which is you really need to make it you know a kind of way of life you need to have a method to it you need to have a, a list of people that you're going to talk to you need to find ways of talking not just business but also the personal side and as you know as we get into a a, a phone like conversation uh, the uh, the the interactivity and you know the uh, the kind of uh, conversation that you have around a 
uh, a coffee table or you know the cafeteria uh, that is something that i'm just trying to create so i'm not saying i've, I've made it i'm not saying that i've changed significantly i mean that in that sense but i'm trying to change to incorporate that part of uh, a leadership style alikita got it it's a very interesting point that you raised that it is almost like cutting off your oxygen supply which is obviously an instinct where you interact with people what in your opinion are the key traits of a pandemic leader and how did you trickle down those traits to the next level of your leaders almost institutionalizing it as a part of your broader organization culture i mean i don't know whether you want to call it a pandemic leader nitika uh, it's i would say that uh, it's a crisis right and it could could be any crisis it could be you know potentially uh, you know a takeover uh, or you know you're asking you know people to go so there are various times organizations you know go through crisis okay and most crisis uh, the defining thing for most crisis is uncertainty okay if you really about it right at the bottom of it all we really don't know what's going to happen and you know whether you know the crisis is going to get over in a day two days how are we going to handle how are we going to respond crisis typically like i said means there is no playbook one and the second thing is typically there is uncertainty and you know human beings you know um, we don't like uncertainty right uh, we have that you know fight or flee response and uh, most leaders at that point in time it is about you know giving people comfort so it is i think it's very simple it's like you know when, when things are going wrong i think a leader standing up and saying you know guys don't worry you know we have this covered you know these are the four five things that we are doing okay and I, at the same time the leader should also exhibit vulnerability he can't be saying that you know you know this is a crisis you know we are superman you know we are going to you know wish it away or you know we are going to handle everything now the 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 leader also needs to show that he is also vulnerable he also is a little bit uncertain but at the same time you know have confidence right and or project confidence that uh, that uh, things will will get better and as an organization we have the resilience to handle it and as human beings we have resilience to handle crisis okay so i think those should be the key messages that you know leader should give you know whether it's a pandemic or in a, any, any crisis the key is you know how do you handle uncertainty so the same thing even at home right you know let's say you know uh, there's a crisis situation you really don't know all you typically do is you know you kind of reassure each other that you know we are we are strong and we'll get over it okay and there's always a father figure in the family similarly the leader is the father figure in our organization so he needs to be able to comfort people so so this is where you know i think there's a difference between a manager and a leader right and uh, this is where you know managers fall short because uh, manager in my opinion most often is about managing numbers and you know people respect you for the the designations you are in not in not because of yourself right and people if they respect you for yourself uh, then they get lot more comforted got it so vlk the second part of my question really was about how do you institutionalize this as a part of an organization culture how do you teach this kind of leadership to the men and women in your company and the leaders in your company no i don't know i don't i don't think you can really teach this uh, it's a uh, i mean and since i'm not saying there's an inborn trait etc etc okay so this is uh, i would say typically what happens is you know various leaders have you know various styles okay and uh, you know it's like for example let's say you know 
uh, it's a T20 match, uh, last couple of overs, you know, Dhoni in his prime, you know, looks so cool, calm, right? And you believe that he'll get you through, okay? Uh, but there could be a Virat Kohli also doing the same thing. But Virat Kohli may be a lot more emotional, but he will still get it through. So, so I think there are very, you need to figure out what your leadership style is, okay? And uh, you need to use your strengths, okay? But the same thing is at, in a crisis, people need to translate this strength into some reassurance that you will get them through it, okay? Uh, so there is no formula for it. You can't, you know, uh, you see, lots of times, lots of organizations do that. They just think that uh, we can give, you know, a, a, an FAQ and then everybody will go and parrot out the FAQ and we're done. So uh, that probably works in a, you know, in a regular situation. But in a crisis situation, the the emotional quotient that the leader can bring to the table is extremely important okay and you can't teach that okay so uh, this is something that people uh, could believe all over a period of time uh, i believe it's good for people to go through crisis or leaders to go through crisis in order for them to understand their styles and you know and, and pick up something which really works for them uh, and you know which people can connect to Got it. So I think you talked about a crisis and a crisis now in a remote scenario adds another very fine layer to it, right? The whole work from home. And I think you already talked about this in the beginning, that finding the pulse of your organization when you're not co-located also brings its own set of challenges. You talked about the fact that you're putting together some processes. It would be really great to understand how you're enabling that and how you're building this cohesive culture remotely. So, if you really think of it, I think the fundamental, uh, you know, change or mindset uh, that leaders need to do is, is uh, especially when you're working remote, right? Is uh, there's a fine line between asynchronous and asynchronous communication? Okay. So, what is synchronous? You know, synchronous is you know we're all there together. We can bring everybody to a meeting room. We get very quickly to understand the status, da da da, right? And all of us are used to that. Asynchronous is more about the fact that you've given a task to somebody, you know, and he's going to do it at his, you know, pace, you know, obviously with the whole team, but then you don't micromanage him on a day-to-day basis, right? If you do that, then the entire flexibility of working from home goes away, right? So what I mean for that example, let's say I'm at home, uh, you know, all of us have lunch at one o'clock, but if my boss insists that every day, you know, I meet him at one o'clock, I lose that flexibility of being at home and I don't then, you know, enjoy being at home nor do I enjoy the meeting, right? So, if my boss says, you know, I don't care, you know, uh, get your job done, you know, and let me know when you're done and if you have an issue, just let me know, uh, then, you know, I can work at my pace, okay? Obviously, I need to make sure I'm still collaborating with my team. So, I think the biggest change that we can do is instill the fact that a synchronous mode of working is a way for success in uh, in a remote working environment okay micromanagement is not so what typically organizations do especially now is they'll say you need to talk to your people okay and then there is a, a spreadsheet maintained like did you talk to them at nine o'clock did you talk to them at 12 did you talk to them at three i mean that that defeats the purpose because then you're getting too intrusive and too micromanaging so what we have been working very consciously is to tell our people that it is not, you don't have to micromanage people in their time. You need to allow them to work at their pace, okay, and make sure the deliveries happen in an asynchronous manner. So that, I think, is the biggest change that we are, you know, trying to institutionalize uh, across the organization. 
got it so vlk like you uh, that is a very interesting point you would there's a lot more leadership training a lot more leadership direction so often i'm pretty sure the leaders themselves are very exhausted because in addition to their regular work managing people's expectations other people's fears and also finding a balance between their own personal and professional lives so how does a leader really continue to find balance and also more importantly a continued sense of purpose and a leadership narrative even when there's no end in date in sight for this crisis so if you uh, i know this is great in the sense i think a fantastic question i think there are three parts to it right you know if you look at it uh, you know from an individual perspective right uh, when we all started this uh, you know work from home it was all fun you know because uh, it was new it was novel uh, we felt that you know uh, this is going to get done in another couple of months Uh, so we were like you know everybody was 24/7 and obviously there's nothing else to do anyway so uh, so it, it 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 kind of worked while you know uh, people sacrifice their home life so they were a lot more productive uh, from a work front but once this is a long haul i think you know people need to look at the way they work from home so uh, one is obviously like i said you no know, basic infrastructure etc make sure you're comfortable etc secondly and i think you use the word rhythm and i want to use the word discipline there so you need to get disciplined about you know how you work with this there should be fixed timings that you get to i know there should be some more flexibility but you need to have some some discipline about uh, when i'm working i'm fully engaged on that you know i'm not doing anything else uh, you you need to take the appropriate right breaks etc etc so you need to it requires a lot more discipline because it's easy for you you know because you're not commuting right so you're going from one room to the other or you know one table to the other to work so it's very easy to get into a 24/7 you know work schedule and then that will obviously cause uh, fatigue that will cause depression etc so consciously you need to take breaks okay consciously you need to put in a routine so second thing i think we we tend to underestimate the importance of you know uh, physical uh, you know health right and obviously eating right and more importantly exercising right so discipline uh, in terms of work habits discipline in terms of you know exercising and getting the right uh, you know nutrition is, is going to be extremely key okay um the third thing is as an organization as a leader you have ex- actually two three roles right and let's talk of leadership more at you know the senior and middle and uh, you know executive le- uh, per- uh, levels okay um so at a, at a mid level and even at the project lead kind of level lot more task based so you more comfortable in this environment uh, but as you grow more senior your job is two things right one is to make sure the organization is delivering secondly communicate the vision of the organization to the to the associates right so if you have to do that the you have to establish connectedness there's no way that you know you can communicate a vision without connectedness so uh, one of the things for example what we are doing is uh, we are kind of working out uh, a program slash plan where we tell uh, leaders and even associates that uh, one of the measures for you know how they should uh, you know uh, rate themselves as you know, doing well in a pandemic and work from home is how many relationships they have built outside their teams how many conversations they have you know had outside the teams which is you for example i am working on a certain project i know four people in my team great i probably talk to them 10 times a day but uh, there could be another team which i am not really connected with okay have i you know built that relationships 
in an, in an office physical setting, right? You could do that easily, right? So um, the idea is how can you uh, how can you make that happen in a in a virtual setting? So um, so we're trying to say that you know the um, situation is important, not the physical location, right? And you need to create situations in order to make your connection. So that's second, the third part of what we're trying to do. Fourth part is what we're telling our leaders is when you're talking to people, I think there should be three tracks that you talk of. One is you should be talking about the purpose and meaning of the organization so that people still understand and, and connect to it. The second thing is you should, you should talk more, uh, I mean, not more, I would say not more, uh, but there should be non-work related conversation and the third thing is work-related conversation. So every meeting should probably have, you know, these three aspects to it at a senior level. So that's the overall high-level structure that we are working towards. That is a great set of points that you made, VLK, just sort of synthesizing what you talked about. You said having high EQ is very important, managing synchronous and asynchronous communication, having a discipline and establishing a routine so you're not overwhelmed, spending a little time being physically active and taking care of both your mind and body. And last but not the least, connecting with your colleagues across multiple dimensions, be it purpose and meaning of the organization, be it non-work related things, having both a professional and a personal connect in a very seamless manner. So I think those are really great points and where which encompasses leadership holistically. And like you very rightly said, it's not just about this pandemic. It's really about dealing with any crisis and this could be things that hold them in good stead. But before we let you go, I think it will be really interesting to have our listeners get a sense from you in terms of the things that make a difference and impact you as a leader. So I'm going to put you in front of a rapid fire and uh, if that works for you. Yeah, sure. Great. So which is a book that you have read recently that has left a huge impact on you? No, actually, very interestingly, uh, uh, this uh, I, I've had time to actually reread some of the books. Okay, uh, this is a very uh, very good book called Agile Gene. Okay, by uh, a guy called Matt Ridley. I kind of read that. Uh, this you know it, it talks about the basics, right? Which it talks about you know whether nature or nurture is uh, you know defines a human being, right? And I've always been fascinated by it because if you really think of it, uh, it's uh, it also from an organizational perspective, right? How much of uh, nurture is important, which means how much of creating an environment is important and how much of nature, how much of the, the innate skills and talent is important. So I always found it very interesting. Uh, and uh, this is a great book on that one. And I, I loved it. Fantastic. Whose crisis leadership style has impressed you most in the recent past? I, I would say uh, the, the New Zealand the Prime Minister Arden. So um, fantastic, right? If you really think of what she's accomplished, no? Whether it is the uh, the terrorist crisis or the uh, the COVID crisis or you know even winning an election, you know doing all of that, you know in, in, she seems to be so calm uh, and composed and you know on top of things and yet very you know uh, approachable. So I saw a kind of a YouTube video where uh, she uh, picks up uh, you know one of those talk show hosts at the airport in her own car and you know takes uh, takes him around uh, the town. So. So there seems to be a. She seems to know what she wants to do. She seems to be, you know, calm, composed. Like I said, she seems to be able to inspire people. At the same time, uh, down to earth. So I, I think I like that style. So. If, uh, what are some of the interesting skills that you've picked up in a lockdown? 
no, very, uh, I would say it's an interesting skill. I would say that um, uh, kind of appreciation for, you know, the family, you know. What I mean by that is, if you, um, I, I had the, you know, uh, last six months spent more time with my kids and my wife than I probably didn't know the last 30 years, okay. Uh, so that to me has bought a slightly different perspective that um, we all talk, you know, work-life balance, etc. right? And, you know, it was, while I kind of understood it, I probably understood it academically. But um, once you spend uh, time at home, then you really understand that, you know, why it's important. Okay, why work-life balance is important and why you need to have, uh, you know, uh, you know, interest and, you know, other activities outside of your work. So, I would say that has been uh, learning and that's what I've kind of invested in, trying to understand uh, a little more of, you know, what my kids are doing and trying to, uh, to connect with them. For example, my elder one is uh, doing a doctorate in uh, medical anthropology, so I'm just trying to understand uh, what that means. So, my younger one is, uh, you know, uh, done a master's in education policy. A lot of very interesting learnings uh, from them. And uh, and it's a very different uh, way of thinking, uh, whether it's an anthropologist or a family in the education field compared to somebody in an IT field. So I would say learning that kind of skills, you know, more, I would say, right brain kind of thinking. So that's the way I would say. And more, you know, connectedness with everybody. Fantastic. And right before we sign off, VLK, if one word of advice to any crisis leader out there. No, I think we should have self-belief. Okay. Uh, the self-belief is very important uh, because end of the day, you know, uh, self-belief matters. If you believe in yourself, I mean, who else is going to believe in you anyway, right? So if you believe in yourself that you will be able to overcome, uh, I think, you know, you'll be able to overcome. And if you believe that you'll not be able to overcome, you'll not be able to overcome. So I think self-belief is, is, is the key and you should believe in yourself. Absolutely. I think that's an absolute, a very, very profound words of wisdom before we end this podcast. Once again, thank you, VLK, for your time. As always, it's a pleasure and an experience, learning experience talking to you. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Zeno podcast. Thanks, thanks, guys. Truly appreciate it. And uh, as always, again, uh, the, the pleasure is mutual. I always love talking to you guys. And uh, Zeno is a great organization. You guys got great relationship, great values. We're truly a privilege you know, to, to be associated with you guys. Thank you so much, VLK. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zinov's Business Resilience Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes and subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. To know more about Zinov and if you believe we can help with your problems, please visit our website www.zinov.com or drop us a note at info at Thank you again and don't forget to tune in to our next episode.